0: morning, how's everybody doing? That's too bad. Maybe it'll get better. As Pastor Brian said, welcome, glad to see you. Appreciate you being here. I want to say thanks to Dustin Oaks for the videos that he has produced throughout this series. Hadn't he done a tremendous job? I appreciate him so much for that. I want you to get your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13. And we are finishing our series today on what we are thankful for today. We are thankful for community. In Second Corinthians 13, starting in verse 11, this is Paul, and he's concluding his letter to the church at Corinth. And so he... It's going to speak to them much like maybe you would if you were writing a letter to someone. I mean, there's some of these things are things that you would probably say. Uh, there's a couple of them here that maybe in our culture you might not. But uh, there he says, finally, in conclusion, brothers, sisters, farewell. Be perfect or best you can. That's what that means, be of good comfort, be of one mind and unity, live in peace and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And then here's the one that we might not necessarily do. I guess you could, but you might be careful. You might get slapped. Greet one another with a holy kiss. That was more commonplace then than today. If you try that today, you might get slapped. I don't know. Why don't we try that real quick and just see how that All the saints salute you. And I want you to notice this part right here. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Or so be it. Now, we talk about the the grace of Jesus We don't understand it, but we talk a lot about the grace and how thankful we are for the grace. Am I right? The grace of Jesus is the grace that saves us and is powerful enough not just to save us, but to keep us. And we've talked about that a lot over the years here. We talk about that amazing grace of Jesus to save and to keep, right? And the next one is the love of God, which is that indescribable which transcends our ability to fathom love of God, that he would send his only begotten son to die for us. So, so we understand, or we don't necessarily, but we try to understand the grace and we try to understand the love. But the third one here is interesting to me because what does it mean? And the communion of the Holy Ghost, the Trinity represented here, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, grace of Jesus, love of the Father, and communion of the Holy Ghost. What is this? If you study this, you find it is the Greek word koinonia, and it means fellowship. Now, we talk about fellowship a lot here because it's what we're all about. It's at our core. And we understand that fellowship is not just getting together and eating dinner and all those kinds of fellowship is doing life together. It is sharing in one another's lives. So this is the commonality that we have with one another. And the word in this context translates into several different ideas. But there's three, specifically three ideas that I want to point out this morning. That you, if you want to, could take notes. You can write these things down. These are what I would say are the the commonalities of communion or fellowship in this verse. When he talks about the communion of the Holy Ghost communion here means community as we would understand it in our in in our context in our cultures that makes sense community it, it's community and so community means these three ideas number 1 community here means partners the communion of the holy ghost means the partnership of us with the holy ghost working together as a team that's what that's talking about it says we are we are sharing in the gifts and the grace of god we are supporting each other we're loving each other we're helping each other we talked about it last week we are family amen the first part of community in the holy ghost means that we are partners together family together that Paul went on in other passages to talk about how each of us are important to the body of Christ and each of us brings something different to the body of Christ. Wow, I I know that that is true because after having been around the church as long as I have, I know people who are hands or feet. And God forgive me, but I also know folks who are. And it takes them all to make a body. Some parts are better. The scripture calls them more comely than others. More desirable. There are parts of the body that we are attracted to and other parts that we would just as soon stay away from. But they're all here. And they're all necessary. You might as well laugh unless you're the one is thinking he's talking about me. That would be a good sermon. Don't be the rear end of the church and you're laughing because you know somebody either here or someplace where you went before I know who was the rear end of such and such guests are all going man I'm never coming back this guy is just I have no parameters folks I am politically incorrect but you will be communicated to when you leave. The picture will be painted. You will understand. We're family and it takes everybody working together to make up this family. And I want to illustrate this. There, years ago, there was a, a fellow that, that his name was Jimmy Durante. And he was a he was a tremendous entertainer back during the World War Two era. And during World War Two. There, there was a show that was put on for the veterans, and he was asked if he would come and perform at that show. And he loved the veterans, and he wanted to do it, but his schedule was very busy on that particular day. And so he said, i am love to do it, but here's the scoop, guys. I, I, I have a very busy schedule, and I have some place I have to be. If I could come and just do a, just a short monologue uh, and be in and out of there five, six minutes, then I'd be glad to. And they said, well, sure, we, we just want you to come speak to the guys. And so he showed up went up on the stage, did the five-minute monologue, the people begin to, get, begin to clap and cheer, and he stayed. It was an interesting thing for those that were watching because 15 minutes went by, 20 minutes went by. Finally, at about the 30-minute mark, he takes his bow and leaves the stage. He's standing in the backstage, and one of the guys came up to him and said, Man, I thought you had to go. What's going on? And he said, I have to go. I needed to go, but I just couldn't go. And he said, if you'll look out on the front row, you'll see why I stayed. And the guy looked out on the front row. And there in the front row sat two veterans, each of whom had lost an arm in that war. One had lost his right arm. One had lost his left. And they were sitting beside each other. But together, they were cheering and clapping. And he said, when I saw that, I couldn't go. beautiful picture of what should happen in the church as we partner together hands clapping working with one another i'm thankful to have you with me as my partner in this same life and mission so the first word, the first idea that comes to us when we talk about this community of the Holy Ghost, this fellowship of the Holy Ghost, is that we are partners. And the second idea that is painted to us here is that we are participants. It means partners working together and participants in the same plan and purpose. So, in essence, we are sharing the workload of our Father's business on the earth. That means we're planting, we are watering, we are harvesting somewhere in all of that all of us are to be busy we're all here uh, to do our part with the gifts and the abilities that God has entrusted to us I don't know this for sure but it's what I'm told and have read that something interesting happens with bees in the summer that they split up the job and in fact Half of the bees stay in the hive on one day and they beat their wings while the other half go out and collect the pollen and the nectar. And because of the ones who stay in the hive beating their wings, the temperature in the hive is 10 degrees cooler than outside. So in essence, on one day, the bee is the air conditioner. And on the next day, he is out collecting the nectar and the pollen but everybody there is either on one team or the other and all of them are working together for the common good of the whole and the hive wouldn't function as it did if they didn't all do their part somebody say amen i'm thankful to have you with me as a participant in this ministry and number three you like the way it's moving you're like man Keeps on. We're going to be out in like another five or ten minutes. Partakers. It means distributing and receiving. It is, it is the, the partaking of the views and the feelings of the Holy Spirit. As we're talking about communion of the Holy Ghost. We're partners. We're participants. And we're partakers. So we are receiving now, what, what do we get from the Holy Spirit? Man, that's a message all to itself, or several messages all to itself. The scripture tells us that the Holy Ghost is the one who gives us love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and kindness and meekness and goodness and faith, as well as, as those miraculous endowments. And Paul prays, he says, I pray that these things might be imparted freely to all the church in common. And that all might participate in them and that all might share and partake in them. Now, how many of you have ever been a partaker of something from the Holy Ghost? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, whatever. Any of it? Any of it? But there's a concept to be understood about being a partaker because the concept, the whole the whole concept of partaking is the give and the take. It is the receiving. It is also the giving. So what it requires for you to be a part of this partaking is a word that many of us in our generation dodge to every extent that we can. And it's the word called involvement. Involvement. I like to watch, but I am not so quick to get involved. Anybody else feel that way? I guess you do. It's quiet in here again today. I'm talking to my own. If you're willing to partake, then you have to be willing to give back. That's the process. If I'm a part of the community and I'm receiving the benefits of being so, then I must be actively involved in giving back to the community. What can I give to the community? Well, I bring love and gifts and resources whatever that might be and sometimes you think that means money it doesn't just mean money it means everything that that is at my disposal I bring those things to enhance the body of Christ or the church or the community of which I am a partaker if you are a partaker of the community then you must become involved in that community somebody say amen I didn't hear a real good amen, so let me tell you a story. Four people. You ready for this? Four people. Here's their names. Everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. There's an important job to do. Everybody was asked to do it, but everybody was sure somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did. Somebody got angry because it was everybody's job and everybody thought anybody would do it, but nobody realized everybody wouldn't do it and ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. That's the way it works. John Holcomb made a statement. He said, you must get involved to have an impact. No one is impressed with the winds... And lost records of the referee. You're slow, but you're worth waiting on. So I'm thankful to be a part of the community of believers. I I hope I'm doing my share of the work. I'll tell you this much. I am certainly enjoying partaking in the work that you're doing. I like the... I don't know how many ministries it is now. Anybody know how many ministries now? Around 100, something like that, 100 ministries. I enjoy the 100 ministries of this church, and I'm actively partaking of those ministries. In fact, I especially like when some of those food ministries get together and invite me. I'm able to clear my schedule more for those functions than the others I find. You remember I said last week that we need each other? I talked about, I talked about Brother Paul, de Grandchamp, who used to be a part of our church, and he had to call the folks together and pray, and he would always say we need each other. And that community, community joins us together. It, it causes us to function like, like a big, healthy, loving family. I want you to listen to this quote. A fellow named Stendhal, he made this quote years ago. He said, one can acquire anything or everything in solitude except character. You can acquire anything in solitude except character. Character is formed in community. True character is found out when there's nobody else around and you're all by yourself and it's just you and God. Then your true character is revealed, but it is formed in fellowship, in community, in communion, in the partaking of the community. Let me start winding this up. We don't want to think of our community the way that Granny Pfeiffer thought of her community. They were at the annual family picnic, and Granny Pfeiffer was sitting in her rocking chair and she was crocheting, and her granddaughter, who had just recently gotten married, so excited as she cheerfully brought her new husband over to meet granny who had not been able to attend the wedding. She come running over to granny. And she said, granny, this is my new husband. And granny kind of looked up, acknowledged him, kind of grunted and smiled. Kind of an uncomfortable silence. She, she sat there rocking and crocheting. The young man just stood in front of her waiting. And finally she looked up at him and she said, you want to have kids? Caught him off guard, he blushed, he said, well, yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. She nodded her head, put her hands in her lap, looked all around at all of her family and all the kids were running and screaming and hollering, family everywhere. And she looked back at the young man and she said, well, try to control it. Or you'll end up like this. That's not the way we want community to look, is it? I'm thankful that that's not how our community functions. We're not trying to keep the family small. We're not trying to run the new folks off. We are trying to be inclusive. Remember, we talked about intentional. Inclusiveness, acceptance, love, and forbearance. Intentionally, this is how we're going to be. We talked about how we're going to receive guests at our church and how that we're not going to say. Is this your first time at Trinity? But we said instead, we're going to use this all across our church. We're going to stick out our hand and we're going to say to people, How long have you been coming to Trinity? Because you can't lose with that one. Because then they can say, Well, this is my first time, or they can say, I've been here for four years. In each case, you're still all right, and you don't have to backpedal. We're learning how to do that. It's called intentionality. I want you to be intentional with how you greet one another and how you get to know each other. Because otherwise, if you didn't have that statement and somebody you've been seeing around for three years, but you never met them, you never will go up and meet them. But this way you can. You can intentionally walk around to somebody and say, so how long have you been coming to Trinity? And you can get to know each other because it's going to get harder and harder. It keeps getting harder and harder. By By the time you get this group and you get the group that's coming in here at eleven fifteen and they and sometimes you you there's a lot of folks in that service now that that you haven't met. I promise you you haven't met them There's a whole new slew of people in that service, but we're one family, we're one community, and we're thankful for that community we're thankful for that family I'm thankful for that fellowship of believers I'm thankful to be a part of that family that meets right here. Aren't we blessed to be able to partner together and to participate together and to partake together? Aren't we blessed to enjoy the fellowship that we have that we have here, this community that God has given us? I want to point you back to 2 Corinthians 13, 14, because now all of a sudden this verse will make more sense to you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the love of God, yeah. and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. So be it. Amen. So the grace that saves and keeps, which is amazing, the love of God that we just cannot describe or understand, and this community that the Holy Ghost creates. Let all of that be with you. So be it. Let all of that find its root In the fertile soil of your soul. Let all of that get in there. So it's not just the amazing grace, it's not just the amazing love, but it's also the community of the Holy Ghost. All of that working together is what I'm thankful for. You look back over these last four weeks, we talked about we're thankful for salvation, we're thankful for freedom, we're thankful for family. We're thankful for community, and we talked about how we dug down in each one of those, what each one of those meant. I'm thankful today to be a part of the body of Christ, and I'm thankful today to be a part of that body right here in this location. Aren't you? And so today, we're going to do something that we don't do all that often. It's called communion, the communion of the Holy Ghost We're going to reflect on the communion of the Holy Ghost as we partake of communion today. It's going to be our focus. It's going to be how we how we think about this as we partner and as we participate and as we partake. We are going to reflect on what it means to be a part of the community of the Holy Ghost. So. Before. The fellows come to serve. I want everyone in this room, if you would, just to bow your head for a minute. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want to give you an opportunity to do something that could change your life forever. I want to give you a chance to join the community of the Holy Ghost. Join the family of believers. If you've never done that, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart and to forgive you of your sins, then this day is a marked day, the most important day in your life. It will be the most important decision you ever make. It's far more important, far more important than who you marry or where you go to college or the job you end up working in. All those things are very, very important because they have much to do with how your life will be lived and played out but I'm going to tell you something that life you could make a few mistakes wouldn't be any fun but you could make a few mistakes in this life and it would all be over in 80, 90 years but the life that you will wake up to the minute that you leave this one will last forever that's why the decision to become a part of the community of believers is so important This is an eternal decision. And you are here right now because God specifically ordained this moment in time to bring you to this place, to give you this opportunity. To be convicted in love by the Holy Spirit as he says, I want you to respond right now. I want you to pray this prayer. There's nobody looking around. It's just me and But I want to ask if that's you. If 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 you would like to receive Christ today, if you'd like to become a part of the family, would you lift your hand? Would you hold your hand? I need you to hold it up long enough for me to see you. All over this room. Amen. Hold them up, hold them up high. All you have to do today to be able to become a part of the family is just to pray a simple prayer of repentance. And then we're going to receive communion together. But you can't take communion if your heart isn't right with God. Because if you do, the scripture said you would eat and drink damnation to yourself. And some people have been sick because of it. Some people have died because they take communion unworthily. Well, none of us are worthy of it. What qualifies us then? Having given our heart and life to Christ, repented of our sins, and now doing our best to follow the Holy Spirit.